you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, how are we doing, how are we doing, and welcome to episode number 102 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. I'm talking really fast because I'm really excited about this week's episode. It's the biggest episode in Banner Banter Podcast history. I have a very surprise special guest for you, and I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But as always, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And you can also find me attached to everything that is Big Night Media with the Marky P Show, Burnt Toast, Those Girls You Know, Eat the Damn Cake, Drinks After Work, and the Let's Get Rich podcast. And I'm sure a lot more podcasts are coming on the way as well. Don't forget to visit whereistheplan.org to find out how you can help the restaurant industry survive all these crazy COVID restrictions that they're dealing with right now. And hopefully a lot of these restaurants do not need to close permanently. So please check that out, whereistheplan.org. And then finally, Giving Tuesday. Today's Monday. If you're listening on Monday, thanks. If you're listening on Tuesday, today, go over to bneg.com and buy a gift card. 20% of that gift card is going to go over to the Be Strong Fund, which are Big Night Entertainment Group employees that need money to help feed their families. So it's a win-win for everyone. You can finish your Christmas shopping. You can help those in need. And you can also hopefully have your friend that you're giving the gift card to take you out to one of the great restaurants that Big Night Entertainment Group owns. So that's that. All right. Do I want to announce who the big special guest is today? I don't know. I'm thinking about it, but all right, we will. So today on the Banner Banter Podcast, I have not only the co-owner of Sincoro Tequila, but more importantly, the governor and owner of the Boston Celtics, Wick Grosbeck. I know, right? I know. Banana land. It's going to be a lot of fun. Shout out to Ed Kane for putting it all together. I'll be honest. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. How can I not be? I mean, the Celtics are everything to me, and Wick Grosbeck is going to be on the podcast, the biggest Banner Banter podcast episode yet. So hopefully you can enjoy it. Tell a friend, like, subscribe, leave a rating, et cetera, et cetera. So the Celtics are playing two games this week, one tomorrow on Tuesday, or if you're listening to uh, on Tuesday today, or if you're listening on Wednesday, the Celtics had a game last night. But with that being said, 76ers on Tuesday, the Nets on Friday. They're going to be in Philly on Tuesday. They're going to be at TD Garden on Friday. I'm going to break down those games just a little bit, and we really don't need to get absolutely crazy over preseason games. But Celtics basketball is back, and that makes me very, very happy. So obviously some stories from camp so far. There was a scrimmage over at TD Garden, like an inter-squad scrimmage, which was really cool to see some pictures and some videos from. But a couple things that stuck out for me. Number one, the Time Lord. The Time Lord. We all know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm a Time Lord fan. 
I want I I love the Celtics drafted him. Obviously, he had some injury history the, his first year and his second year. He he showed some spurts in the bubble that I think made a lot of Celtics fans happy. And he was talking about during a press conference how he's been more vocal on defense and he's learning things and the game is slowing down for him more, which is great. But the issue is is where does he really fit in? Do we want Tristan Thompson and the Time Lord out there together? I don't know. Do we want Time Lord and Tice out there together? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how Brad Stevens uses uh, those rotations, and hopefully we can see those rotations in the couple preseason games that are coming up. Another thing that I noticed, Jason Tatum looks bigger. Like, his upper body looks bigger, which is great, because hopefully he can use that weight and attack the rim. Because those games where he shot 1 of 18, it's because he thinks that the best way to kind of get in rhythm is shooting a 3, which, you know, touche, which is fine. But if you can get to the rim, see the ball go in, take a free throw, see the ball go in, hopefully that gets your, your rhythm going, it makes you feel better. And I wanted Tatum to do that last year in the season preview. I wanted Tatum to attack the rim more. And now that he looks bigger, I hope that he does do that more. He's he's so talented in so many different ways. We all know he can shoot the three well. We know he can shoot the mid-range game well. But if he can finish a little bit better at the rim, I really think that will really help his game. And hopefully that upper body strength works. Now, with that being said, I looked at Jason Tatum and went, oh my God, what are you doing? He has the same haircut right now. Then when he had that one of 18 game in the bubble, cut your hair because the second after he cut his hair, everything was fine. So what are you doing? Why are you giving all, all of us Celtics fans panic attacks? I never want to see that haircut on him again. Like ever. It makes me uncomfortable. One of 18. Never forget. Like it's, it's banana land. Sure. That's my birthday, January 18th. So obviously I'm never going to forget that. But one of 18 from Jason Tatum with that haircut. No, 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 no. Cut that. Cut that now. Call your barber. Let's go. Wear a mask. They'll cut the hair for you. Let's 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 do it. <sighs> All right. So some other news. Uh, four Celtics players were ranked in the uh, ESPN Top 100 Player Ranking. Kemba Walker at 48, which a lot of people were surprised at. But to be honest with you, if you looked at how he played in the bubble, and then you're worried about his stem cell injection in his knee, he's not the same player. But he's still a top 50 player, which is great to see. Marcus Smart at 37. That's quite the jump, but Marcus Smart obviously had some really big moments in the bubble, especially in the playoffs, so you can at times count on him. I'm not saying all the time, but at times. Hopefully he's not listening to this so his ego doesn't get filled, but that's that. Jalen Brown, number 32. I thought Jalen Brown had a really good year, almost an all-star last year. I'm not saying you know he was in the, con- in the conversation, but you could argue that maybe he deserved to be an all-star, and this year Jalen Brown should make the all-star team. That's the type of leap he has to make, and I really hope he does do that. So I want Jalen Brown in that top 25 discussion because if you can have two top 25 players, that's a really good thing to have in the NBA because it's such a player-driven league or a star player-driven league. And then Jason Tatum, holy guacamole, number 11 on the list. One spot. Now, is it too high? I don't know. Will Tatum be top 10 by the end of the year? (laughs) He better be. I'll tell you that right now. He better have that leap if he's going to sign that type of big contract. And maybe we'll talk to Wick Grosbeck about the Jason Tatum contract, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But the thing that made me a little bit uncomfortable was ESPN predicted that the Celtics were going to finish 39 and 33. Uh, Oh, boy. And last week when I did my preview of the schedule, I thought halfway through, you know, their first 36 or 37 games, I thought they were going to go like 26 and 12 or 25 and 11 or something like that. So that's a hell of a rough second half of the season. So let's hope that's not a thing because that would suck 
if the Celtics finish 30, 39 and 33. Vegas has them finishing at about 45 wins, which would make me feel a lot more comfortable. But the East did get better. I think the Celtics got better. You could argue that losing Hayward sucks and sure, touche, but I think their bench got better and the bench sucked last year. So those are things, you know, you, you, you got to look at. I know it's been a crazy year, so finding any positivity goes a long way for me. And then uh, finally, before we preview the 76ers game uh, tomorrow night on Tuesday, uh, Maine Red Claws, they are not going to be part of the G League this season. No official word on why, but there is a $500,000 entrance fee for the Atlanta G League bubble, and maybe the Celtics and the Maine Red Claws just don't want to pay that that entrance, uh, that entrance fee, or entry fee, I should say, and keep their players safe, keep the players' family safe. So if the Maine Red Claws don't join, tip of the hat to them. And because of that, I really think because now the NBA Board of Governors is changing the rosters to be from 13 to 15 because of the COVID thing, I think you're going to see a lot more Taco on the bench, a lot more Tremont Waters on the bench, et cetera, et cetera. So keep an eye out on that. Um, I, I would be shocked if the Maine Red Claws then all of a sudden decide, you know what, screw it, we're actually going to do it. But it doesn't look like we'll have any uh, Maine Red Claw games this year, which which stinks. But all right, 76ers game, Tuesday night, tomorrow night, if you're listening on Monday, tonight, if you're listening on Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. on TNT. As of right now, Celtics injuries, it's it's a little tough to hear because obviously Kemba's out. Uh, Peyton Pritchard had a finger pop out, so he was probably day-to-day because it's probably going to be sore now that they popped it back in. And then Tristan Thompson is still dealing with his hamstring strain, which you know, kind of stinks because I really wanted him to be part of that bench rotation, maybe even play with the starters a little bit. I, it's Hopefully he can start opening night, and, you know, if he misses the two preseason games, that's fine. He's been in the league, what, eight, nine, ten years at this point, so he knows what he's doing. But still, you just want to have everyone kind of on the same page, so that kind of stinks. So what are we going to be looking for? Uh, the Doc Rivers is the head coach of the 76ers. That's weird. We all love Doc Rivers, so that's just very bizarre to see him in that situation. And they've added some other new pieces outside of Doc Rivers, and it's really all been shooting. You got Danny Green from the Los Angeles Lakers, won a championship with the Lakers. Uh, didn't I think he won a championship with the Spurs. I think he won a championship with the Raptors. Like he has a lot of experience, a lot of championship experience to bring to this team, which I think that locker room needs. Then you have Seth Curry, Steph Curry's little brother. He can shoot the lights out, former Duke player. So, you know, he'd love to see it. And then Tyrese Maxey, the kid from Kentucky. <sighs> that kid's good. <laughs> He's good. Now, is he going to get a lot of playing time? I don't know. Where does he fit in? But having him come off the bench, I feel like, isn't a, ter- a terrible thing. Danny Green, as we all know, can obviously defend, which is a good thing for them because Josh Richardson was a very good defender for the 76ers, but Josh Richardson went to the Dallas Mavericks to get Seth Curry. So keep an eye out on that. And when Seth Curry gets going, I mean, (laughs) good luck, as they say in the uh, movie Taken. Like, yeah, that's going to be crazy. And then they also added Dwight Howard. And that's where we all know I don't like Dwight Howard. I think he's overrated. I think he always has been overrated. I know he had a couple great years. That's cute, adorable and all. But is Dwight Howard a better fit than Al Horford was? Can Dwight Howard play better than Al Horford did next to Joel Embiid? Because if you look at the Western Conference Finals, the second half of it, and then the NBA Finals, Frank Vogel put Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard out on the floor together, and that threw the Heat and the Nuggets for an absolute whirlwind of a ride. So can Dwight Howard and Joel Embiid be on the court together? 
I'm going to be very interested to see if Doc tries to figure that out to see, all right, if that worked for Dwight with the Lakers, can it work for Dwight Howard here with the 76ers? Because obviously Anthony Davis is a better player than Joel Embiid. He can, he's a better shooter. He can spread the floor more. His ball handling is a little bit better, et cetera, et cetera. But Joel Embiid can still, you know, shoot the three and be very, you know, maybe you put Joel Embiid on someone that isn't as physical. That way he can, you know, I don't want to say take a rest, but maybe take a breather, if you will, <laughs> uh, defensively, which then he can put all of his energy towards his offensive game, which we all know is very, very good. And this team, speaking of very, very good, this team can, is going to be able to defend at every single position the Celtics are good at. You know, you have Ma- uh, Mattis Thibel, the kid uh, from Washington who was a rookie last year. He could defend the ball very well, and I'm sure he's only going to get better going into year two. Ben Simmons is back. He can guard spots one to five pretty easily. He, he really can. Like, Ben Simmons can guard Kemba. Ben Simmons can guard Marcus Smart. He can guard Jalen Brown. He can guard... Uh, Jason Tatum, he can guard Tristan Thompson or Daniel Tice. Like that's one of the good things about Ben Simmons outside of his shooting. So that's going to be interesting to see. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, you have Danny Green, you have Dwight Howard. It's it's gonna and Joel Embiid's still a good defender too inside. So it's it's gonna be a very the the 76ers are gonna be a lot better than they were last year. I think. How much better? I don't know. Can they get past the second round? I don't know. But the real question is, what is Brad going to do with the Celtics with such a quick turnaround? I mean, I'm not expecting to see a lot of time from Tatum Smart, Jalen, and Tice. You know, maybe 22, 23, 24 minutes. You know, we're not going to have Kemba as of now. But I do want to see, and I expect to see, a lot, and I mean a lot, of Jeff Teague, Peyton Pritchard, if his finger's okay, Aaron Neesmith, the Time Lord, and Shemi Ojale. Why do I want to see Shemi Ojale? Show him off to the world. So that way, when you want to use your trade exception, you can send Shemi straight out of town. Bye-bye. So I want to see a lot of Shemi. Show him off. Make I hope he drops 20 and 10 in this preseason game. I'd love to see it. But I really want to see, the thing that I'm really bummed about is I really want to see Marcus Smart and Tristan Thompson work on the pick and roll together. I know Tristan Thompson's hurt, but like I feel like Marcus Smart always has a really good feel for every guy in the pick and roll that he's played with. Him and Al Horford. We're great together in the pick and roll. Him and Tice only got better during the season, especially in the bubble. You can throw, you know, you could throw it up to the moon and the Time Lord can catch it. But now I was really hoping that Trish and Thompson would be a part of that mix, and it wasn't, which kind of stunk, and that's okay. But hopefully Marcus Smart and Trish and Thompson can get together sooner rather than later because with this Trish, with this Tristan Thompson injury, that's a mouthful. It really is. Tristan Thompson. Uh, because of that, he really hasn't, practice with everyone yet so he might actually be a little bit behind when he gets back to normal which kind of stinks so the other thing that i'm a little worried about is i know doc rivers is smart enough to do this people say that maybe doc rivers lost his touch a little bit but did the celtics improve their 2-3 offense and what i mean by that the the heat and the raptors set up a 2-3 zone and the celtics absolutely pooped their pants the entire time it's like they've never seen it before and it made all of us very 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 uncomfortable but is Doc going to set up a 2-3 zone right off the bat and with that very lengthy and tough and strong defense that they could have? I mean, you could have Simmons and Bede, Dwight Howard, Mattis Thibel, Danny Green, like all out there together, and it would be absolutely crazy. This has to be a huge vocal point for the Celtics this season. Every single team in the league saw what the Raptors and the Heats did, and you could argue that's why they drafted Aaron Neesmith because obviously he passed the ball around quick enough. 
that one of the things that really drove me nuts with the Celtics two three zone last offense last year was that the guys would catch the ball and just kind of look around where the only way to be two three zone if you zip that ball around you catch it you know where you're going next that way the defense can kind of be uneven and that leads to open shots so that's why you get Aaron Neesmith so hopefully the Celtics players can improve on that and look if they lose it's okay I'm okay with that this season isn't going to be good or it isn't about being good right away. It's about finishing strong and still being that top three or four seed in these. Because if fans do come back, if this vaccine works and fans do come back, who has better home court than the fans at TD Garden? No one. You put some Celtics fans in there. I haven't cheered for the Celtics live in almost a year. I'm ready to go. I will scream like an absolute lunatic to, to get my team going during the playoffs. So <laughs> they better be ready. And I want home court advantage. I really, I really think that matters because the Raptors are in a weird position. They're going to be in Tampa. They're not even going to be in Toronto because of the sport or because I'm trying to say this the right way, how the country of Canada is handling sports being played in there. So literally the Raptors home is going to be Tampa Bay. That's not going to be easy for them right away. So I'm going to be very, very interested to see how the Raptors do, but it's okay if they lose the first preseason game as long as we get to see some good minutes and we get to see some good things from some good players that we can recap on episode 103. That will be that. So before we get into the second preseason game of the year, let's talk to our very special surprise guest. I really hope you guys enjoy this interview. All right, everyone. Uh, I know I've been promoting it all week. Uh, we have a very special surprise guest, and it's a great honor to have a, a big-time special guest on the Banner Branch podcast, not only the co-owner of Sincoro Tequila, but more importantly for this podcast, the governor and owner of the Boston Celtics, Wick Grosbeck. Wick, thanks for uh, tuning in or joining the podcast, I should say. Timmy, I got to say, uh, we met through mutual friends, and I really appreciate true fans and people who really care and really honored myself to be invited to be on this podcast. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Ed Kane's a, a great guy, and uh, I work for Big Night Entertainment Group, and I need to uh, thank you for donating. Uh, Sincoro, I know, donated some stuff to uh, the Be Strong Fund, so thank you for doing that. I know a lot of people really appreciated that. Well, thank you. We just renewed. We were talking to Ed, and he didn't even ask him. We renewed it last night. That's news off the press, hot off the press, but anyway, <laughs> not really news, but anyway, we're, we're really honored to uh, be part of the family. Cool. Excellent. So obviously the last eight or nine months have been uh, crazy for everyone, even I'm sure a busy guy like yourself, but uh, were you able to stay at home and maybe binge watch a couple TV shows that you wanted to catch up on? There's been, I think we've done all of Netflix and Amazon Prime. I don't know what else <laughs> there is. I guess we're on to Peacock now, all right. um, but uh, there's been a lot of basketball and I was down in the bubble uh, for some of it. Uh, I went down three different times into the bubble and, um, and, you know, we start our preseason games in a couple of days and we start our season on the 23rd. So it's, it's actually ramping right back up. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I, I remember laughing when I saw you banging on the glass, uh, down at the, down at the bubble and, uh, did, did Adam Silver ever talk to you about that to, yes, to tone indeed. it down? Absolutely. Um, but you know, that's the only way you can express yourself down there. Or maybe you could hold up a sign, I guess, <laughs> but, uh, I needed to let it out. Um, I needed to let it out. We were rolling and we made a bunch of threes and we took the lead and I just had to uh, express my appreciation. for the No, game. as you should. So did you actually stay in the bubble or were you allowed to stay like outside of it, get tested and then come back in? So the way these things, it turns out the ways these things work. And I think the NBA did a really good job. I mean, I was there like voting to approve it, but there's people that actually did it and they're at the league office and they're brilliant mm -hmm. and they did a really good job I mean, we we cut COVID to nothing basically yeah it was crazy and so 
um, those minds, you know, put their minds to it, but there, there are different layers of bubbles. It's sort of like uh, on a Star Trek movie or something, it was like, you know, level one, level two, level th three or something. So I was in like level three. And so you could go in or out and you had to be tested daily and multiple tests before you even got in, but you never encountered the players or coaches in person. You were always behind a glass or something. So you could go in or out of the bubble. It's different to be all the way in. And that's the way we're doing the season as well. I'm on a red, I'm in a red zone, which is with the players now, but um, you could be yellow or blue and, and those zones don't encounter the players. So, and it's all a different, you know, it's six days of testing in a row or it's four days of testing in a row. It's just all very complicated. Yeah, it sounds that I, I tried to read some of that 180 page uh, protocol thing yeah. and, and God bless all the, the teams that have to memorize that and make sure that they don't, you know, miss anything. It, it's pretty crazy. But sp speaking of people coming back, obviously, you know, as a season ticket holder for a very long time, I obviously want to go back to TD Garden as soon as possible. What are you, uh, the NBA, you know, what are you guys doing with the city of Boston to try and, you know, get people back as soon as possible? But safely, the city and the state have been amazing and have been, um, you know, the Patriots have, have been able to play at Gillette without fans, but with a bunch of people in there putting on the games. And we're using that as a bit of a model. There's people indoors, there's people outdoors there, but um, we're using our relationships and respect that we have for the city and state governments um, and for the TV Garden who are involved in the talks. And we're all meeting constantly talking every day, meeting in, you know, at the garden and touring through and, and setting up the protocols. So we're really hopeful that we can put on these games, uh, which generate a lot of tax revenue for the Commonwealth among and the city, among mm -hmm. other things. Um, but we're, we want to put them on starting when we're supposed to next week, if we can. And we want to have fans back in as soon as we as possibly can in 21. I mean, it's it's easy to say we want to, but we're working very hard. And so are the government officials um, to do the right thing, be safe, and let um, let things go forward as best they can. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the uh, big, you know, as a season ticket holder, one of the big things that I was really looking forward to was Kevin Garnett's retirement, uh, you know, throwing up the number. Are you guys going to push that back until you can have another 18,000 people in? Have you talked to Kevin about it at all? Uh, actually, we have not, to my knowledge, talked to Kevin. I was the one who told him face-to-face -face at his movie premiere, what was it, last December, I think, um uncut gems if you haven't seen it it's a must for yes himself. yeah i've seen it he was great in it but he was great he was kevin you yeah know? <laughs> but um i told him after the show i said hey we've got a you know it's time we really want to retire retire your jersey and he said oh you know thank you i said you know you don't need to thank me although i appreciate that but in fact you earned it it's yeah, like it's absolutely not a gift it's uh it's a recognition which mm -hmm. is different than a thank you kind of thing. So, but Kevin, I just got goosebumps talking about him. He's my favorite, one of my very, very favorite people on the planet. And I think we want to do that right. Like we did with Paul, you know? It, yeah, you know, that was a great to, night. You know, I mean, we want to get it done. He's going to be inducted into the hall. Um, we want to get this thing done, but I'm sure we want to have the place packed. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the sadder things uh, that happened this off season was the, the loss of Tommy Heinsohn. Can you talk about your, you know, working or personal relationship with him? Well, last time I talked about him, I was crying on camera um, or tearing up. Uh, I, I, Tommy was one of a kind, unique, and, and that's a very overused phrase, but anybody who knew Tommy or even listened to him, watched him on TV or watched him coach in those plaid jackets or watched him play all the way back when, um, 
you know, there's nobody like Tommy. There never will be another one like Tommy and he'll never be forgotten. He's immortal as far as I'm concerned. He is one of the truly great people of all time. Yeah, it's crazy that he was part of literally all, somehow, some way, part of all 17 championships. Like that's iconic and, stuff. And you know, the day we all came in, a bunch of us, you know, in 03, not knowing, and, and I think being pretty open about not knowing what to do. And, and we wanted to do the right thing and win a banner and named our company Banner 17, but, um, but not knowing. And he immediately, along with Red Auerbach, two very different people, but, but totally the same in terms of their love and devotion for the Celtics. Um, but he just went out of his way to every time I was there, every time my dad happened to come in, because he's involved, my partner, Steve Palayuka, you know, he'd put his arm around us and we'd sit down and talk for half an hour. And, and, and he would tell stories. And in the stories, there were lessons about how you treat superstars versus the regular team, how you evaluate your coach. I mean, the stories were there, but they were also, uh, you know, for amusement, but they were also there for communication. And um, I don't know, he just, he made sure that we succeeded as best we could. He, he did everything he could to make the Celtics uh, successful during the time I've been there. Yeah, absolutely. I remember a, a Q&A that the season ticket uh, members were able to go to about how he was talking about how they had to walk off the bus because the bus broke down when he was playing. He had to walk uphill both ways. Like, it's just crazy yeah. how much involved and how much he loved uh, the sport itself. Yep. Uh, so Jason Tatum, he's going to be here for a long time. I know that makes a lot of people happy. Uh, what is your relationship like with him? Was that just, you know, a, an easy conversation to have for him to resign? He is... Uh... He is a great person and a great player already. Um, and he's often mentioned alongside Jalen Brown. You know, they're almost the same age. They came in in consecutive years and they have like the same, you know, very close, uh, you know, skill set of just being keepers. And so we signed up Jalen last year and signed up Jason this summer. Those are two huge building blocks for us. And so focusing on Jason, he's a family man. I mean, he's all about Deuce, as we yeah. all know, he's all about his mom. Um, he is a deeply caring person, uh, and he cares about winning and he wants to win here for us. And, you know, we love that bleeding green kind of, uh, attitude. We just love it. We love people that choose to stay and say they want to be here and we want him here. And, uh, it's the best thing that happened this summer for me. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your overall thoughts on the team this year? Obviously, you know, you, you lost Gordon Hayward, which, which stinks, but you, you gained Jeff Teague, Tristan Thompson, a couple of good rookies. What are your overall thoughts on the team? Yeah, I like the team a lot, and, and partly because I'm driven in that by reacting to Brad and Danny, uh, who like the team a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. he, you know, they are the basketball pros. I've never pretended to be a quote-unquote basketball mind, because um, I'm not. I'm not going to lie about it. But I, you know, I build the team, and I evaluate the people along with other people. And I, you know, if there's eventually a call to be made, you know, it can end up with me. But um, in terms of basketball decisions, you know, I've got to have those guys and they are excited about the team just like I am. So anyway, long answer, but we were a final four team. Absolutely. Yep. We, you know, we had a chance to beat Miami and unfortunately we didn't. I'm not going to cry about it or, or claim that we got robbed. We didn't get robbed. They beat us fair and square. They made a ton of shots. So we added some shot making. Uh, they got a ton of rebounds and we added some rebounding and just quality play with Tristan Thompson, a very highly thought of guy around the league. Um, we are, uh, we re-signed Jason, you know, those guys, they're in there, they're like 23 years old. And like I said the other day to somebody, uh, when we won, everybody was about 33. 
I mean, you just do that math, okay? We've got to run ahead of us if yep. we keep this together and guys keep improving and we stay strong. And if we can add people, we'll add people. If we can upgrade, we'll upgrade. But this team was a final four team. We were a quality team. We were a contender last year. We could have gotten in the finals and uh, I don't see any anything different this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one weird thing this year is Doc Rivers. He's going to be in the same division. Um, <laughs> I don't like it. I love Doc. I don't want to see him in the same division as yeah. us. Have you talked to him since he's uh, signed with the 76ers? No, I haven't talked to Doc uh, since then, although I'm very friendly with Doc. And then they got Daryl Morey down there, too, who yeah. I heard into the league in 03 to come with me because he's so smart and so capable. I took him out of his consulting firm and brought him into the NBA. Oh, wow. VP of the Celtics. So, uh, you know, it's my fault that Daryl's in the league. And so now Daryl and Doc are together. I put that team together and now they're down in Philly, like our arch rival. So, um, you know, all I can say is uh, if we play them in the playoffs, I'm going to bring a broom again. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, maybe some uh, don't throw your confetti too soon in the air, right? Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> about that. All right. Well, uh, before I let you go, uh, and I again, I really appreciate your time. Um, I need to just ask a random funny question, but. I'm in the last row of the balcony. I've been there for the last 13 or 14. Place to be, actually, it's a cool place. It is. I love it. I'll never move. But would you ever want to switch seats, maybe just for one game? I'd be glad to. I want you to come <laughs> sit with me, and then we'll go sit up there together. I don't want to be alone. Oh, yeah. No, of course. Of course. I, I wouldn't do that go, to you. We'll, go, we'll do a home and home. We'll do downstairs. <laughs> and, and, and we'll have just as much fun or more upstairs. Yeah. And I have another, another thing, and you don't need to do this, but if people listening to the podcast want to send in questions to you, um, then I'll come on another time and, uh, and we'll answer them or we oh. can do something live. They can stream it in or whatever. And I'm not trying to like fill up your airwaves no. uh, in any way, <laughs> in any way at all. But if, if there's people that want to ask questions, um, a lot of people just email me directly and everything else. But if we want to do it through the banner banter, let's do it. So, um, you just let me know, no problem either way, but, um, I really appreciate you guys, uh, everybody on this listening and being part of the Celtics. And I appreciate, uh, the whole thing. Let's get going. Let's win something. Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks again, Wick. I, I really appreciate you. you taking out the time, especially on a weekend to, uh, to join me. So thank you again. Right. Nothing better. Hey, thanks guys. Have, Hey, have Timmy, have a great day. You too. Have a good holiday. Bye-bye. All right. How flipping cool was that? Wasn't that awesome? Wick Grossbeck. Thank you again for joining. Thank you, Ed Kane, for setting it up. That was so cool for me, and hopefully everyone else enjoyed that interview with Wick and I. And you can bet your bottom damn dollar, your damn bottom dollar, whatever that saying is, you can you can just guarantee that I'm going to do my best to hold Wick to that deal where I go to the floor with him, he comes to the balcony with me. I think it will be a lot of fun. So I'm going to I'm gonna follow up with that. I'll tell you that right now. But if you did want to send in any emails, and hopefully that Wick Grossback wants to come out, any questions, thoughts, concerns, and or recipes, banner, banter, podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email, and I can send it over to Wick, and hopefully we get enough, and he can come back on sooner rather than later. So that's that. All right, let's talk about preseason game number two versus the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving Brooklyn Nets. Friday, December 18th, this upcoming Friday, 8 p.m. on ESPN2 at TD Garden. A basketball game is being played at an empty TD Garden, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Wah, 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 wah. Speaking of wah, 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 Kyrie Irving is returning to TD Garden for the first time. Of course he's going to play because he's not going to get booed. And I've been asking my season ticket rep if he, if he can sneak me into the game. <clears throat> Excuse me. That way I can cheer for Kyrie. And why would I cheer for Kyrie? Because he's so in his own head, because he thinks he's so much smarter than everyone, is that he will overthink why a Celtics fan's cheering for him, and then he'll play poorly, and the Celtics will beat the crap out of him. So 
that's what I'm still trying to do. It's not going to happen, but hey, shoot or shoot, right? All right, so Kevin Durant, he's returning from his Achilles injury. Will he be the same player? He's one of the greatest NBA scorers of all time with his length, his shooting touch, you name it. It's absolutely unbelievable. He's going to be 32 years old, and coming back from that Achilles injury at that age is no joke. I mean, Kobe Bryant got his at the age of 34. Yeah, Kobe got his done at the age of 34. And Can you believe next month will be one year that Kobe Bryant passed away? I know this year has dragged on, but it's pretty crazy to think that next month will be one year since Kobe started. And that is when the world absolutely went down, like just shot down shitty hill. Just pretty crazy. But can Kevin Durant be the same player? Now, as a basketball fan, you would love to see one of the greatest scorers of all time, you know, come back and be great again. But since he's in my division, in the Celtics division, no, I mean... I don't like I, I I want him to be good. I want him to be healthy. I'm not wishing any ill will on any on anyone, but if he wants to take a step back, I'm okay with that. I wouldn't be upset about it at all. So obviously besides KD, we know Kyrie. Kyrie Irving's a very good basketball player. I know everyone hates him. He was so bad. Blah blah blah. What happened to him in round two against the Bucks? He couldn't perform when it counted. Blah 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 blah. Kyrie's still a good basketball player. Right now, do you want Kyrie Irving or Kemba Walker? Do you want Kyrie Irving healthy, being a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, or do you want Kemba Walker with his knee? Now, I think Kemba Walker fits better, but if you're starting a team right now, you would probably pick Kyrie first. That's not a shot at Kemba. That's just the way that it is. Honesty is the best policy. But minus KD and Kyrie, they have a brand new coach, Steve Nash, Hall of Fame, former MVP point guard Steve Nash, Canada's own. So what are the Nets going to be? Is it just going to be Kyrie, uh, Kyrie. <laughs> uh, Kyrie and KD? I mean, they also have Spencer Dinwiddie. They have Karis LeVert. Who, then both of them can just score and score and score and score and score. They're very good. They helped carry that team into the playoffs when Kyrie went down last year. Kevin Durant missed the entire year. But when Kyrie went down, Dinwiddie and LeVert really stepped up. No joke, they really and truly stepped up. And their big men are pretty good too. Jared Allen, young kid, he's getting better and better every year. DeAndre Jordan, he's a solid player. He's obviously not what he was uh, when he was playing with the Los Angeles Clippers, but still a very good player. Uh, Who else did they get? They got Bruce Brown from the Detroit Pistons, very good shooting guard who can defend very well. They got Jeff Green. Jeff Green, I'm pretty sure if he plays for like three more teams, will play on every single team in NBA history. He's been on so many teams. It's absolutely crazy. And then they also re-signed Joe Harris. And Joe Harris, as we know, one of the best shooters in the NBA. He can shoot the absolute lights out. And once he gets going, oh me, oh my. But you can argue if the Celtics match up better with the 76ers or the Nets. But I, in this, in my opinion, I think the Celtics match up better with the Nets than they do the 76ers. Not saying Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum are a push because both in their prime, you would obviously pick Kevin Durant. But with that being said, I think Jason Tatum can defend Kevin Durant. I think he can score on Kevin Durant. Uh, but I don't think Kevin Durant has seen Jason Tatum like, since he's really taken that big leap because he was out for so long with that Achilles injury. So I hope Jason Tatum puts on a little bit of a show in that first quarter or the, the start of the third quarter, whatever the case may be. You, you can have Marcus Smart annoy Kyrie Irving. Because, and let's be honest, Kyrie Irving can't defend. He tries. It's it's adorable, but he, he can't do it. So Smart can annoy Kyrie, which is great. I will take Jalen over Spencer Dinwiddie any day of the week. Uh, Levert versus Kemba, 
I mean, Kemba's not playing in the game, but Karius LeVert is a very good player. If Kemba's healthy, I'm obviously picking Kemba. Don't be ridiculous. But Karius LeVert is still a very good player. Thompson and DeAndre Jordan, you could argue, is a push. I, I like Time Lord and Tice versus Allen. I, th- I think that's a win overall. Sure, you know, Jeff Green has his moments, but who says that Grant Williams or Aaron Neesmith can't have theirs in a preseason game? I, I do think the starters play more in this game than they do in the first game just because then they have four days off before December 22nd or before December 23rd when they play the Milwaukee Bucks at home for the home opener. And I really hope that Peyton Pritchard's pinky finger, whichever finger it is, is okay. Because I really want to see this kid because <clears throat> the starting lineup most likely is going to be Teague, Smart, Jalen, Jason, and Tice, especially with Thompson out and Kemba. So you need a backup point guard. And I really want Peyton Pritchard to show why Danny Ainge drafted him at number 26 in the first round of the draft when you might have got, you might have been able to get him if you traded up in the second round, you know, give away a second round draft pick that you don't need. But with that being said, I really hope the rookies play. But I also don't want Brad to show all of his cards either because they're playing for a game that actually counts one week later back at TD Garden on Christmas Day at 5 p.m. And I think that will be really cool, and I hope the Celtics can uh, can put a little fear in the Brooklyn Nets' eyes, letting them know that, uh, cool, you have two superstars. We're the better team. Let's go. So, But that's it for episode 102. 102 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, follow me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Go to all of your favorite podcast apps to check it out. Like, subscribe, rate, comment, etc., etc. All that good stuff. Follow all the great podcasts over at Big Night Media. Special thanks again to uh, Ed Kane and Wick Grosbeck for setting up that awesome, awesome interview. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.